Hi, everybody. Jose Palomino with another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. And our guest today is Dave Meyer, CEO of BusyWeb.com. And we're going to talk about practical ways for you to create a lead generation platform online for your B2B company, especially in manufacturing. Practical insights on how you can do this now, how the technology is available, even ways to do some of this for free. And there's some additional educational opportunities that Dave will talk about at the end of our interview, he promised. So I know he'll keep his promise, and I promise you this episode will be worth your while. So listen closely as Dave joins us on Business Growth on Purpose. Welcome, Dave, to Business Growth on Purpose. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks. No, it's great to have you here. And, and so, Dave, just for context for our audience, uh, as always, I always like to ask, what do you do and who do you do it for? So BusyWeb is a growth marketing agency for B2B services and manufacturing. What that means is we drive business and leads to our customers, get them a great website, help them advertise, help them get all those leads into a CRM. But then we help them close and automate those deals by giving them almost like a choose your own adventure automated program. So if someone visits a website, visits a link, attends an event, we give them everything that they need to help make a decision to work with the company. Well, so now these, uh, uh, the clients you typically work with, uh, I'm assuming are in the small to mid market. Is that, is that a fair? Yes. Okay. Yep. So I'd, I'd call them established manufacturers and businesses mm -hmm. that are looking to scale. Okay. So very, very similar to the audience we work with from a strategy mm -hmm. house kind of side of things. So that's, that's interesting. And one of the things I've learned and been doing this like 17 years, uh, Dave, is that that population that you just described mm -hmm. doesn't use technology particularly well, other than on the production floor, maybe right. you know, making the widget, but actually the, the sales, the marketing, all of that, you know, they have, they have email and they have a website. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the hurdles uh, that you have to overcome when you talk to an owner or leader in terms of helping them see and maybe raise awareness of what's possible? Right. The, the biggest thing that we normally see is the disconnect between sales and marketing. Mm. And usually manufacturers in particular are good at knowing what they need to do to sell, but that doesn't necessarily make the leap over to driving demands to their website or certainly letting the sales team and the marketing team work together in order to drive more support for the sales process. So you can, that's why I kind of call it sales enablement okay. because we're not just marketing. I'm not just going for clicks and manufacturers in general tend to be a little averse to all of the online stuff, but once they understand that it's actually going to get their phones ringing, or it'll actually get contacts to their sales teams where they're getting emails with people that have done some research and are ready to buy. That's when the light bulbs start going off and the smiles and the nods start happening and we can actually start helping them. Well, now, you know, if, if especially those who might be uh, small OEMs, they actually make a mm -hmm. branded machine, right? So right. that's a, that's a considered capital purchase. Could be a 50,000, a hundred thousand, a $300,000 right. unit. Mm -hmm. Um, so the sales process, it, you know, I'm just curious, what, what kind of technologies do you help people with in terms of that? Because it's not going to be, hello, I'm interested in your quarter million dollar machine. Right. Can you, yeah. can you deliver it next Friday? Uh -huh. It's at best, it's the beginning of what could be a six month, 12 month Correct. sales cycle. Absolutely. 
Uh, for, for most manufacturers in particular, when someone is in the buyer's journey, when they're deciding to work with that business, they're going to do some research. As a matter of fact, my research points to the fact that it takes about 80 clicks before someone is ready to actually connect with the business. That mm. means call them or fill out a form online. And so it's our job for our clients to give them as much of the required content to make them understand, here's how our product meets your needs. Here's all of the objections that you probably have and to pre-answer those. And it takes your website and your marketing to being the very first and probably always on and best salesperson on your team because everyone is completely enabled now to do their own research. And for a manufacturer, that's always been, we, we see a need, we fill a need. A lot of times the disconnect is there. It's like, well, we create great stuff. Well, if nobody knows that you create great stuff, you don't create great stuff. So it's, it's our job to help fill that back end and to reassure folks at every turn that we are the solution for your need. Now, one of the challenges, especially in, let's say, contract manufacturing, and a mm -hmm. lot of professional services would fall into the same category, is there are in, they are intrinsically in a commoditized space, right? Yes. If you're a CPA, you're a CPA. And people mm -hmm. intuitively think, I know what a CPA does. You know, I have one, and, and right. if I should need one, I guess I'd look for one. In contract manufacturing, they, they sold all, you know, historically, the early websites, I'm sure mm -hmm. you, you still see a few of these. These are the machines we have on the floor. Yes. So you're basically borrowing, you're buying time on a machine with the technician mm -hmm. is how they were selling. So what do you see changing in how contract manufacturers effectively can market themselves despite being maybe seen by a lot of buyers as just very uh, mix and match, very easily replaceable? I think the, the biggest thing that I'm seeing, certainly for all of my US-based clients, is that we are now competing and able to offer a value proposition that we can help you fill something quicker and better and on a tighter turn than what you could do if you were going overseas. You know, all of this stuff in supply chain and all the logistics that goes in and all the trucking issues and the COVID stuff that's happening. Um, the big thing for local-ish businesses, and I mean anything that's inside of the contiguous 48, mm -hmm. is that it's easier to get to. And even if it sort of costs a little bit more, if you're doing dollar for dollar or widget for widget, when you factor in all of the costs of waiting in a, in a pod somewhere to, uh, to clear customs or whatever, you're going to be much better off finding someone local that can fill your need that you can actually talk to face-to-face -face maybe and interact with. And so that's really the connection that we're helping our clients for the most part in manufacturing to answer. And that's, especially when you're talking back, like, you know, widget and brand name, you know, right. I'm, I'm looking for XYZ thing. For the most part, anyone that has had ongoing contracts they didn't have to worry about any of that because they just had an ongoing relationship. Well, now you're broadening out to people that you may not have met before. You have to have content on your website in order for Google to play matchmaker and get XYZ widget into the hands of your prospective client. Right. So now let's say somebody, and, and I'm sure this is part of why people would hire you. Mm -hmm. uh, they haven't done any of this work really. 
right? right. They haven't needed to. Maybe they used to have a big contract with Caterpillar or John Deere or something right. like that. And they were happy with that. Mm -hmm. Way overly customer concentrated from a valuation point of view, strategically. But you know, there 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 were some that were just living the happy life with that, right? right? Now you got to go market these differences, and so on. So, uh, and then you talk about being found on Google, which generally mm -hmm. is you know the world of SEO and optimized pages and so on. Right. Um, realistically, somebody saying, "Man, I haven't done any of this, but I, I really see the need." From that moment in time to I'm starting to see results from my activities. Mm -hmm. What what should somebody reasonably expect? Is this like a 10-year journey or is it a one-year journey? Is it it's probably not a 30-day journey, but right. what is it? Well, and there's there's little tricks to get things quicker, but in general, if you're talking about search engine optimization or ranking well on Google without paying Google to shell out. The general rule of thumb is it takes about six months to start showing up. So if I have fantastic content that I start publishing on my website, it's going to take me about six months to show up without having to pay. So if I need results right away, I do need to pay Uncle Google in order to show up on those search results. But the goal is not to just have a constant tap of advertising. And the second I stop advertising to lose my entire business, mm -hmm. right? So you need to do both of those things. You need to advertise to bolster your results. Okay. The extra benefit of advertising and it let, is it lets you AB test or get immediate results. Okay. So I can try two different headlines or two different topics or two different products and just let whoever gets or whichever gets the most traffic win and use that information to build more content that's helpful and useful and interesting. If I just go by SEO and if I'm just publishing and basically shouting into an empty cave and waiting for what echoes back to me, it takes a lot longer to actually get those results. So if you are working with a company and they tell you, yeah, we guarantee results to the top of Google and we'll get it for you immediately. They're probably doing something either a little bit shady to get you there, like doing some blackish grayish hat SEO, mm. if you're familiar with the terms, things that might wind up getting you banned in the long term, or they're lying to you, which oh, right. is unfortunately <laughs> kind of a, a, a big thing in the marketing industry. I mean, sure. I fight a lot against other companies that are straight up lying about what they can right. deliver. And so making sure that you're giving a realistic time frame and willing to invest over the term that you're going to need is important. And yeah, it, it does take some time to build something up and there aren't really any given shortcuts other than being willing to advertise, but you know, advertising in itself, you have to make sure that you're at least able to cover the spread on any product that you sell. You know, if it right. takes me a hundred dollars to sell a $5 widget, not a good business strategy. Right. So making sure that you're getting that level and then putting all of it into a CRM or a customer relationship management database so that I can start nurturing those relationships whenever anybody interacts with me, that's when you start seeing long-term investment pay out big over three, five, 10 months. Okay. And what's interesting is you, you allude to, to content, right? So I've, yes. been, I've been frustrated in the past just as a practitioner and for myself and for my clients you know, you read articles on like the secrets to like uh, SEO ranking through content. And then, yeah. and somewhere along the line, you know, you read it and it says, you know, look up the best content in your category that's out there and now just write something better. 
<laughs> like saying yeah. the secret to having a bestseller in the New York Times is just write a better book. Right. Uh, if it were that easy, everybody would be doing it. So right. that's always a little frustrating. And I think for maybe owners listening to this thinking like, gee, you know, I don't have the time. I'm not a writer. I don't know right. what content. How do I talk about welding in a way that sounds, you know, I can't make that a spy novel. I mean, it's right. just, but that'd be interesting, right? The, you know, right. the welder who came in from the cold or something. But, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but so how do you start approaching that other than just throwing up your hands and saying, okay, I read the things. It sounds like good advice, but I can't mm-hmm. do any of it. And obviously you could outsource to firms like yours and, and mm-hmm. so on. But, but at some point there's a, a cost thing. Is there something somebody could, is there, is there an approach that seems realistic to mm-hmm. the people you're talking to? For sure. If someone's trying to bootstrap content themselves, and if they're just trying to get started, what I recommend people do is to exactly what you were saying, just Google around for what is working in your field. So searching for your, what, whatever people would Google to find you, right? Search for that and then see what the businesses that are in those top spots are doing. And then, yeah, you're not going to be able to necessarily do better than them. But the point is you need to at least do something, Okay. So blog posts, um, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a marketing term, but it's simply short news articles on your website that have content that includes the keywords that you want to get found for. And uh, in addition to running busy web, I'm also a speaker for Google. They hire me to go all over the country and show people how to use Google. And that's our intent in the travels that I do for them is to sh- literally show people it's not rocket science. All you need to do is start doing something. And if you're wondering, okay, well, what do I even post? How do I do that? Um, you just need to make a list of what you need to get found for and write some things around that. It doesn't need to be long. You know, there's all kinds of guidance on search engine optimization and what you should shoot for 300 word long articles, at least, you know, having so many links, putting things in the title tags and the description tags. Um, really it breaks down to be as helpful as possible to the people that are looking for your business before they know your name. So that's what we focus right. on. Just write, just help. Help. So that's interesting. So that's, that's not about being like, you know, I'm going to be so clever. I'm going to outsmart like the market right. of, of ideas, Yeah. but just actually, I have something to say about my business. Mm-hmm. And I guess you know, it's almost like, okay, if somebody did call you and say, tell me about why I should do welding with you or why you, you mm-hmm. should be my, you know, welding, electron beam welding, whatever. Right. How would you answer that? Well, you would have answers. You would say right. something, something. I mean, you wouldn't mm-hmm. just like, uh, you know, you would, you would say something, you would fill the air right. with some words. Yep. Well, those words might be a, a good article, like like hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah. the person's probably gonna say, "Well, why is that important?" Well, the reason it's important, and all of a sudden, you, before you know it, you have that. So, so you know, uh, Dave, one one hack I've used for writing over the years is I just record. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'll write down three or four good questions that I might want to answer if I'm a, if I'm having writer's block. I love writing, right. but sometimes, and I'll just record. And then I'll tra- just transcribe it. I'll put it up on a service like yep. Tammy or Rev or something and just transcribe it. Yep. Then I edit and, you know, but it gets me off of the writer's block moment because some people don't feel confident to sit and just write. Right. They're more than happy to speak it into, to talk it into existence. So that, that's, right. that's great. So now let's talk a little bit about CRM. Yes. Uh, I have seen almost uniformly poor CRM utilization 
mm-hmm. in this mid-market small company. Yes. They may, I mean, some even have expensive, like we, we licensed 10 seats on Salesforce Enterprise mm-hmm. and it's just a glorified Rolodex, uh, right. you know, uh, and that's all. And it's not even up to date. They don't even mm-hmm. trust it. So no, I have a spreadsheet with the latest uh, names and, and <laughs> right. contact information. I'm saying like, what? So what do you think uh, people need to think about so they can actually take advantage of the current CRM technology and, and Salesforce may, and I'm no ding on Salesforce, mm-hmm. but it may not be the right size tool for everybody. Right. No, it's, it's, uh, and one of the, one of the tools that I recommend and love is HubSpot. Um, they have a free CRM. So if a company doesn't have a CRM at all, or if they're using Excel spreadsheets, certainly free is better than not doing anything. So using that, but then the other important thing in adoption is hooking up the tools to use as much of their automatic capability as possible. And by that, I mean, Every call that a salesperson makes, they should be logging that call inside of the tool. Well, how do you do that without making it too tough? You just use it as a dialer. You know, even in the free version of HubSpot, you can type, type in your customer's name, their phone number pops up, you hit the call button, and then you have call notes right there, right? So it's in and it's in the system and you've got a log and a track of what you've done. Even better, every single dang email you send to that person is automatically in the system. So if Bob on the sales floor is making a call and then Mary calls that person the next day because Bob's on on vacation, both of those calls are in there. You don't have to talk or swap emails to find that information. I used to use uh, in my business, uh, a different CRM, it was Zoho. um, And our utilization of Zoho was almost nothing. It was just a pain in the butt. I had to open up the tool in order to log everything and it was just, you know, I had to click seven different places in order to go. Um, that flipped overnight when we switched to a dedicated tool that was integrated with my email okay. and integrated with my calls. All of a sudden, every single interaction is tracked and worked. And that also helps on the marketing side, Jose, because once I am doing calls, especially if you're recording those calls, which upper levels of, of the CRM can let you do, um, I get transcripts automatically in HubSpot of every call that I make. So if you've got a salesperson that's just killing it and is great at closing deals and great at answering objections, you can take the text from that and turn it into a blog post because that's already talking about the things that you know your customer's looking for. And so you can use that. Another thing that people are constantly asking me for is like, well, how how do I come up with ideas for my blog? Most people have frequently asked questions on their websites. Mm -hmm. That's a list of blog posts right there. Wow. Every constant objection or every question that you get, that's the stuff that you should be writing about because that's what your customers want. And that's what they'll find when they visit your site. And then it feels like you said, you talk about those 82 touches before they Mm -hmm. call. So you want to be in that group of 82 touches where they feel like this is, these people know what they're talking about. They've taken the time to explain how they work what they do, why they're different. Um, So by the time I'm calling, if I'm the prospect, I'm not asking those basic qualifying questions. I'm hoping actually that you are everything you said or else I wouldn't have called you. Right. So now it's like, maybe I'm I'm oversimplifying, but it becomes a little bit more like yours to lose. hundred percent. Especially if that person has been doing some of those 80 clicks on your, on your, on your website, because then I know that John Smith has visited my website 
They were on XYZ tool page. They clicked there, then they went over to another page. And so I know the three things that they're already interested in. So by the time I reach out to them, I can actually answer what they're really looking for instead of just going into a cold sales pitch. Wow. So now these things now, I mean, this is stating maybe something that's obvious to us, but maybe not obvious to everybody listening. Um, these tools like HubSpot and, mm-hmm. and other things like that mm-hmm. um, are not crazy expensive anymore. No. Yeah. Well, but free, even yeah. free. <laughs> HubSpot starts free. The, the starter version that lets you unbrand it and, and have your logo on everything is 50 bucks a month. If you can't afford that, you should probably be thinking about going to work at McDonald's or something. Right. Yeah. No, it's a basic bit. I mean, it's a basic right. business expense and right. probably a lot more than, well, and, and this, these are the same companies that often will spend, will drop 40 grand on a trade show without a strategy, without follow up, right. without anything. Right. So like, yep. like you got to complete the, close the loop on that. Right. So that's, that's, right. that's really good. Wow. Dave, this has been great. Some really great insights. I think for a lot of our listeners and if somebody listening said, well, I'd like to know more about Dave and his firm and how they might help me, where should they get a hold of you? But the easiest way is to check out our website. And specifically, we have a number of upcoming educational events. So um, BusyWeb is the company name and it's B-I-Z-Z-Y-W-E-B. And if you go to slash events, busyweb.com slash events, that's where we have all of our upcoming things, all of my Google trainings, all of my HubSpot trainings. But then we also have a massive blog full of all kinds of helpful tips and hints. And that's just on the blog when you get to the homepage. Fantastic. Dave, thank you so much for stopping by Business Growth on Purpose. We really appreciate it. Jose, it's been a delight. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose.